This is HPR episode 2178 entitled Dice Mixer. It is hosted by Klaatu and is about 26 minutes long. The summary is Klaatu reviews the Dice Mixer Dice Tower. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. You're listening to Hacker Public Radio. This is Clap 2. Today I want to talk about something called the Dice Mixer. When I first started playing tabletop games in earnest... Um, I didn't play that many games that required dice. Eventually, I started to gravitate closer and closer to the um, RPG and RPG-style mechanic games, and they generally do call for dice. Uh, And I think when you start to cross that bridge in your analog gaming uh, journey, you find out pretty quickly that dice don't exactly like to stay on tables. And the more dice you start using, like if you come across a game that's like, you know, roll four die um, or six die or, you know, whatever, depending on what you're playing. Shadowrun, uh, roll 20 die. Not 20-sided die, 20 die. Um, the it, it just gets worse and worse. You know, you, you roll dice and they just go flying everywhere, right off the table, under the chairs, behind the plants, into the cat's food dish, everywhere but the table. The obvious solution to this, I would say, is um, kind of the Yahtzee solution. You know, how Yahtzee, I guess, used to or still does. I I think it was Yahtzee. Um, It came in, like, the dice was in a container or something. Um, That always used to fascinate me as a kid. Like, why why does Yahtzee come with the dice in, in a container already? You can't touch the dice. Like, you have to roll it inside this container. I think it was Yahtzee. Anyway. Point being, uh, you put dice in a like a coffee mug or, or um, well, I, I thought maybe a bowl at one point, but they're they're slippery and too shallow, so no bowls. Um, but you put it in like a cup or a um, Tupperware container or something, shake it, and you look at the results, and that does work um, unless you've got a lot of dice, in which case it it, it tends to um, sort of not fall very gracefully. You need a bigger and bigger container. Um, which becomes awkward. And and either way, honestly, it does tend to make other players a little bit suspicious. You know, it kind of, it introduces that 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 new sort of um, feeling, just kind of like this sort of discomfort, you know, kind of like, well, let's all, we all want to see the dice. Like, let's, let's see what you rolled. You know, it's like, we don't not trust you, but can we see the dice? You know, and it's kind of like everyone's sort of craning their heads over and trying to look into the into the dice catcher. So it kind of it it makes it introduces awkwardness, I guess is 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 what it does. Um, now, alternately, I, I guess you could put the dice in a in a plastic cup, for instance, and then shake that, and you know turn the turn the cup over and slam it on the on the table, um, so that you're kind of containing the dice until they come to a full stop and rest and then lift the cup and then look at the die um and and that does work but again with the complex more complex games um 
you 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 sometimes might have like playing pieces or tokens or or, or whatever on the table drinks for that matter and and slamming something down on the table in a rigorous attempt to to you know shake your die and get them onto the table that it's not necessarily the best way to go so that's not it it, it works but it's, it's it's less than than practical so there are these things uh called a dice tower and that is not um, as I came to learn, a tower made of dice. It's a tower into which you drop your dice. Uh, the tower's internals sort of are um, consist of kind of downward tilting, you know, gravity encouraging uh, sort of stair steps or, or, or platforms. But they're, they're, they tilt downward so that the dice is definitely going to, you know, kind of go through the, the tower, hitting each platform. And then at the end, the, die, the dice... Um, hit the bottom the, usually a tray at the bottom of the of the tower and they come to rest there and it, it's it's quite simple and, and a sort of an elegant solution to one of those problems that most people don't even realize is a problem until it starts to nag them on every every game night you know that they that they're playing dice on um, so when I first heard of the idea of dice towers I I, I I could see its practicality. Um, the the first time I I saw a dice tower was um, about well, was like shortly after getting to New Zealand, really. So like two and a half years ago, maybe. Nah, probably more like yeah, no, two. No, nah, let's say two years ago. Um, I was volunteering at a makerspace in the uh, in the city in Wellington, and one of the workers there, one of the full-time workers of the of the place that kind of kept it running, really, actually the only guy, I think, who actually did any work there, um, used to construct these little dice towers. He would he would laser cut them out, you know, and and kind of put them together. And and I would always see them kind of sitting around, you know, I mean, which is pretty common in, in most, I think, maker spaces. I mean, there's scraps and, and little models that people put together and... and different iterations you know so it was kind of it was kind of common and and at first I didn't even know what it was to be honest I mean I did have to ask um, but he explained to me that it was a dice tower and, and sort of how it worked and I kind of looked at it and kind of forgot about it really it was it was it was interesting but I wasn't really actively gaming yet at that point so I I kind of just I, I honestly I kind of assumed it was one of those obligatory accessories that a, you know a, that a real gamer had to have you know like a badge of, of of honor or certification for a serious tabletop gamer you know yes i am a hardcore tabletop gamer look i have a dice tower that kind of thing um so he kind of shrugged it off and i i think he actually even he offered me one like he was like do you want one and i was like well no i don't have any use for a dice tower i'm kicking myself now um but then I did start gaming, of course, and and at first didn't really, again, it never really occurred to me that a dice tower was a thing that I would ever need. Um, but eventually it, it all kind of came together in my mind, and I realized that a dice tower is actually a very, very useful invention. I went to the website of a local hobby shop just a couple of weeks ago now, to look for um, not a dice tower, 
um, but just kind of looking at some of the uh, multi-sided or polygonal dice that they might offer because I, I, I kind of felt the need for, for more than just the usual like six-sided dice that I got in a, um, you know, in a random box from the thrift store. So I was kind of looking around again, not for a dice tower. Um, but I was kind of like in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, I could, I, I could use like maybe a tray or some, some, something that would, that, that I could throw dice into without it going all over the place. I just kind of, kind of in the back of my mind. And that's when I saw it right there on game, gamesandhobbies.co.nz, I think it is. It was the dice tower that my friend uh, at the Makerspace, named Wolf, by the way, that's his name, Wolf, uh, used to used to make and leave sitting around. Turns out all those iterations that I'd witnessed being laser cut and constructed and left around the Makerspace were prototypes uh, for a custom designed dice tower by my friend, Wolf, uh, which he calls the Dice Mixer. And you can see it actually at dicemixer.com. Uh, the Dice Mixer, as you will see if you go to the website, is really, really beautiful. It's, it's laser cut from uh, really thin panels of, of pine. It's assembled by you. Yes, in addition to being a cool dice tower, it is also a puzzle. I mean, not exactly a puzzle because instructions are actually provided, but, but, you know, so you're not going to, you wouldn't get the thing and then never be able to put it together, but, but it does feel like a puzzle. It gives you that kind of satisfaction. Um, you, you either feel like you're playing with like an advanced level of Lego or, or solving a puzzle, even though you're looking at instructions. Um, but as you construct it, the, the really cool thing is as you're building the thing, you get to marvel, you know, at the sheer complexity of engineering that very clearly went into the design. Looking at the dice mixer in photos, like if you go to the website, it kind of gives you, kind of gives you an idea if you really look at it. But believe me, you've got no idea. But it does. I mean, you can kind of look at it and see how how complex it it, it is in design. And I mean, if you look at it, you see that it's all interlocking parts. So there's no glue. There are no staples, nails. You know no plastic parts. It's all pine, laser cut pine, and it's all interlocking. How cool is that? Well, I will tell you. Um, the, the tray that catches the die in the front, that, that folds up and down so it can become sort of this self, self-sufficient entity. Um, at the, at the top of the, the tower where you drop the dice, there's actually a fold up and a, where it folds up and slides in this panel so that you can you can close the top really so that you can just put your dice sort of in the top of the tower and they won't fall through for storage and then when you're ready you can pull that panel out and and now it's a dice tower again um, so it's it's absolutely just brilliantly constructed the, when you're putting it together at times you're just thinking well this clearly is not going to work like, you know, you're just, you're putting this thing together and it, you've got three different parts 
and, and you're just you're looking at it and you're just like there there's no way all of these laser cut panels are just going to slide and lock together without any bit of glue and actually stand up on its own like that's not and the minute i put dice through it it's it's going to fall apart um and i'm telling you my my hand raised on a bible that's floating in the air um it's true. It, it absolutely works. It, it locks together. It It's all just interlocking parts. Not a drop of glue. Nothing. It's all, it's all just interlocking panels of wood. Even, I mean, the, the fact that the tray folds up and down, that's just done, again, with tabs. It's just, it, it's, it's pretty amazing, frankly. I don't, I can't really describe it, um, as well as it should be described, or I can, I mean, I just did, I, I told you all about it, but I mean, in terms of like the sat, the level of satisfaction that you get while you're building this thing is amazing because I, I kid you not, while you're building it, you will absolutely not believe that it can work. You're just the whole time. So it's, it's very, very impressive. I don't know if he's uh, an engineer or, or what, but I, I sort of fell in love with the thing all over again while I was building it. So I ordered a dice mixer, obviously, because I'm talking about building it um, pretty much the same day I found it. Actually, I think technically it was the next day, but but that was just because um, I, I wasn't going to order the day that I was looking. Um, but I did order the next day, um, and I contacted my friend Wolf to uh, ask, first of all, why he hadn't explained to me that it was his own design, because I felt stupid now, because I was like, I've seen these in process. I've seen the design process firsthand and I had no idea what I was witnessing. It was pretty cool. But more importantly, to find out sort of more about it, like what had I missed? Like, even though I was looking at the design process, like how did it all, how, how does one go about designing an interlocking self-contained contraption like the dice mixer? Turns out that you kind of start with something really basic and really ugly. And the first dice tower that um, Wolf made was pretty much, yeah, just plain, um, I don't know what it's called in the States. In New Zealand, we call it MDF, which uh, is kind of like a, a sort of a thin particle board. Um, and so he just used MDF and glue and, and clamps, you know, just kind of hacked something together. Um, in the form of, of a rough dice tower. And he says it's, it's one of the ugliest things he's ever made, um, but he still has it because he can't bring himself to uh, to throw it out. I think probably because he has pity on it, you know, doesn't want to see it thrown in the, in the bin. But um, but yeah, so that's that's the starting point, which is always comforting, I think, when you see something that, that looks sort of too amazing to be sort of made by... I don't know, someone that you just kind of know, how did you do that? And, and then they reveal, oh yeah, it started out with glue and particle board that I spray painted black and is just one of the most horrendous things that I've ever made. It's very comforting to me. Um, and But based on that early prototype, of course, he built, um, well, he built two more versions from that uh, by hand, uh, just kind of trying to refine it into something, you know, a little bit more elegant. But the handcrafting process obviously takes a, a 
a long time and, and I can only imagine the gluing process must, I mean, I don't really know. I've never been very good at constructing things like, especially with glue, because it's got that setting time, you know, you got to let it dry. And I've never been very good at that part. Um, but he, he, he found that that was taking a little bit longer than what he wanted. So he, that was kind of his first go at laser cutting, um, the, the device. But at that point he was, he was using like toothpicks for hinges and, um, he was still kind of assembling it with glue. Uh, and certainly there was no, there was no lid. Like I said, like the, 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 the current, like the one that he's got now, like has this cool little sliding hinge lid. And again, there are no moving. I mean, there, there are moving parts, but there are no, um, there are no, you know, it's all just cut out. So the, there's this slide out and fold down lid um, in the current iteration that just obviously didn't exist um, in the early ones. And certainly none of the nice etching. Again, if you go to the website, you'll see really cool looking sort of, I don't know, are they steampunk? Are they art deco? Are they Maori sort of designs along the side? Um, so obviously none of that kind of aesthetic choice happened yet. Um, so once he had started laser cutting, he, he reckons he's had about 15 design revisions, lots of prototypes. And eventually he got something that he kind of felt was worth selling. And through those 15 revisions, uh, and, and, and false starts, um, he was able to phase out the glue entirely. So that just kind of developed as he went, I guess. And I guess at one point, cause I remember, um, he was making some plastic, uh, versions of it as well, but ultimately he decided that, and he did sell some of those apparently on Etsy.com, uh, but, um, apparently the, the plastic, first of all, or it had many problems. It was, it was more expensive to buy, harder to work with and, and had about a 30% failure rate, uh, and significantly, obviously less environment friendly. So he eventually decided that he would just use the, um, the pine, pine boards, uh, as his raw material and, and laser cut the, the, the parts. Um, all told Wolf says that he can identify about 25 separate CAD files that kind of led up to his current iteration. Um, which, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good amount of, of revision and iteration. That's, again, it's kind of, it, it, when you hear about all that work that goes into something that you admire, it's, it's strangely comforting because it's just like, okay, this thing didn't just spring out of his head. This, this took, this took work. It took going back to the drawing board several times. And, and that 25 CAD files, I mean, that's not really, that's like the surviving family tree. That's, that's ignoring the branches that, that just led off to dead ends. Um, but it, it is very cool. The end product is, is really attractive. It's, it's a, it's got a small footprint. It's not a huge thing. You know, it's something that you could definitely have on your, on your gaming table, even if your gaming table is fairly small. Um, me and my, uh, my girlfriend usually play tabletop games on our this little sort of coffee table thing. And it's, it's longer than it is wide. So it's kind of a, a funky setup. Um, so 
not not a whole lot of space. Like there's more vertical, uh, more uh, horizontal space than there is, um, I guess, vertical. Looking at down at the table, um, but yeah, this dice tower sort of just sits off to the edge. And certainly, you know, if you think about when you're throwing dice on your on a table or whatever, you kind of you kind of have to carve out an area anyway because you don't want to throw it on like a board or a set of cards or something. So you you kind of have space allotted for dice anyway. And this this tower actually minimizes that, if if anything, because now you've got like this 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 finite space required for the dice rolls, and you just drop the dice into the tower. They go down the little stairs, and they come out randomized, all in this little nice little tray that everyone can look at. Everyone can see the results. There's no kind of suspicion of like, well, you say you got a six, but I can't see that. Um, so it's, it's all very sort of above board, gets rid of any awkwardness, um, and keeps everything together, keeps everything consolidated. It is not like super cheap in terms of price. It's certainly not super cheap in terms of construction. As I've said, construction is completely amazing. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of the construction honestly it's something that you should experience building it's a lot of fun um and then once you've built it you can sit there and just admire it all day because you know what's going on inside um but it, it, it's kind of nice because it's it's that weird sort of it's that place that dice towers kind of like you could either get a super cheap one made off in china you know and it's just like some plastic dice tower that does the job but it's not exactly something that you can look at and admire. It's just a cheap dice tower. But then there are also obviously dice towers that some very avid sort of gamer and craftsman make. And it's like this, you know, one of a kind, like they make it for themselves. And if you were to ask them, could you make me, uh, you know, this hand carved marble uh, dice tower? You know, they'd be like, yeah, sure. If you pay me, you know, for all the labor and all the, all the materials and, and a premium to to bother to make you a hand made dice tower. I mean, that's ridiculous. So it's 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 one of those. It's like this sort of artisanal, custom designed, and yet easily reproduced tower from a local um, artist slash engineer. I don't really know what Wolf calls himself in terms of art versus science, but whatever he is, he made this thing, and it's really cool. Um, now. The dice mixer itself, I know because I worked with its designer, um, which was cool. Uh, and even now, it's it's actually only available in like three local hobby shops in in New Zealand. Uh, I don't I don't believe that it has made. Well, I know that it hasn't made it across um, to the U.S. yet. I don't believe it's even in Australia, for instance. I think it's literally just New Zealand. Um, but uh, you can actually get one if you want one. Uh, the dice mixer uh, is certainly hoping its its aim is to get out into um, into stores out out in the world like the U.S. Um, and until that happens, he is offering free international shipping to anywhere in the world. So if you want to buy one from DiceMixer.com, I didn't buy one from DiceMixer.com. I bought it from like I say the um, Games and Hobby dot code.nz or something. No, sorry, it wasn't games and hobby. It was 
seriously bored, seriouslybored.co.nz. Bored as B-O-A-R-D. I know this because I just so happen to have their business card on, on my desk as, I, as, I, as I'm speaking this podcast into a microphone. It's right here. Um, so anyway, yeah, you can get it from places uh, from dicemixer.com and uh, free international shipping. It's a really slick little package. It's like in a little cardboard box, maybe the size of, let's say, a 3.5-inch hard drive. Um, all the pieces are in there, and the little instruction booklet is in there, and you get to spend, it'll probably take you half an hour, maybe 45 minutes if you if you sort of relish it to, to put it together. And and then you've got this really cool dice tower that you've that you've built and you've um you've supported a local artist if you define local as a small island thousands of miles away from where you are um so if you have a recommendation for stores too like if you if you have any friends in the hobby shop business or or whatever um and you you think wolf should contact them about stocking the dice mixer you can contact wolf uh, from his through through the contact link on dicemixer.com and I urge you to do that because um, it really is a, a at least in my view this is a very unique item I, I as I've said before I'm still sort of getting into tabletop gaming myself so I could be delusional maybe this isn't as unique as I think it is um, but even if it isn't unique and I know dice towers are not unique I know they exist um, and so even if it's not unique in the sense of, well, it's just another dice tower, uh, it really is really well made. It's it's a really cool feat of of design. Um, and I, I think it's pretty impressive. And it's definitely very useful. So if you're looking for a dice tower or if you think you might find one useful, then I urge you to look at dicemixer.com. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.